love those kind of chips. Yeah. <clears throat> Things are still changing on my screen. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Is it, how is my sound? Is it clear? Yes. Very good. All right. That's important. <laughs> we want to be able to hear one another, really hear one another. This is Jesus speaking. I'm allowing you to unmute yourselves today, especially Dave Van Dyke. <laughs> awesome. All right. Isn't especially a extension of the word special? Only for certain people. <laughs> Some pigs are more equal than others. I get it. It sure sounds like they are related in some way. <laughs> good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Let's see. Is anyone new here for the first time this morning? Uh, no, I don't think so. Are you taping, Lynn? Um, it says we are recording. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, we are recording. Very good. Very good. All right. Oh, good. A few more wandering in here in the last minute. Well, here we are at school for A Course in Miracles. And um, I was rummaging around in the <laughs> chapter eight for a minute before um, class started. And <clears throat> my eyes landed on this and I thought, oh, this is a great opening um, to state our, our purpose here. And I am on um, page 142 in chapter eight, which is um, <clears throat> the journey back. One of my favorite chapters really um, and it speaks to uh, our, our curriculum and, and what our uh, really closest, most intimate curriculum is, which to know, to know thyself. Um, and these uh, few paragraphs will be taken from uh, this section, which is... Uh, talking about the holy, holy encounter. And Jesus is telling us that we can't know ourselves alone. We know ourselves in, in relationship to one another. That's the, um, the um, unique system that Jesus is teaching us uh, in order for us to learn that we're minds and only minds and uh, that our bodies are really not in communication and the content of our minds is what we are communicating. And really that's the only communication. And then words can be used if the mind, the content of the mind is love, then words as symbols will contain uh, that love. Um, but if we're just using words and saying things like, oh, that's an illusion, but if they're just words and the content is not love, 
then the message really um, won't be conveyed. They'll just be empty words. So um, as I said, my eyes landed on this and I thought, oh, let's open with this. <laughs> and um, so uh, I, love, uh, I love sharing this with you because we know that the content of these words coming from uh, Jesus to us, the content of these words is always love. So here we go. I'll read a couple of paragraphs here. And um, all of this to uh, the uh, dedication, devotion to learning and knowing, knowing not just as, as a concept, but knowing what we are. So the goal of the curriculum, I'm on paragraph five, page 142. The goal of the curriculum regardless of the teacher you choose, is know thyself. There is nothing else to seek. Everyone is looking for himself and for the power and glory he thinks he has lost. Whenever you are with anyone, you have another opportunity to find them, the power and the glory. Your power and glory are in him because they are yours. The ego tries to find them in yourself alone because it does not know where to look. Of course, the ego would find it alone <laughs> just to preserve its specialness. <laughs> the Holy Spirit teaches you that if you look at yourself only at yourself, you cannot find yourself because that is not what you are. You're not a body, you're a mind and minds are joined. And there's one mind and we are that. Whenever you are with a brother, you are learning what you are because you are teaching what you are. Will it be love or will it be fear? He will respond either with pain or with joy, depending on which teacher you're following. He will be imprisoned or released according to your decision, and so will you. Never forget your responsibility to him because it is your responsibility to yourself. Give him his place in the kingdom and you will have yours. This takes me back to the very early, I think it's page nine, where he's talking about um, the golden rule. And he says, you must learn to look out from your holiness to the holiness of your brother. So both of you are um, uh, in the kingdom and that's up, to, that's up to me, that's up to you to place your brother there and to place myself there. And so learning, um, learning is always going to be from the Holy Spirit because uh, how would we know how to um, teach ourselves that we are, that we are minds? Um, next page, uh, the kingdom cannot be found alone. 
and you who are the kingdom cannot find yourself alone. To achieve the goal of the curriculum then, you cannot listen to the ego whose purpose is to, to be, defeat your own goal. Your own goal being, again, to know yourself, not to perceive yourself, but to know yourself. So our self-concept, the self-concept we each have made of ourselves um, is not a part of what we are. It's, it's outside of ourselves. And to think that we can observe that self and actually be affected by that self that we're observing, our self-concept, uh, is, is the same as perceiving any e external um, perceptual um, item, <laughs> whether it's a body or whether it's some, something that's happening out in the world. Our, our, our body and that identity that we've made for ourselves are both unreal. And it cannot tell us who or what we are. The only way we can find who and what we are is by going back to the mind uh, and uh, inviting the Holy Spirit to show us, to teach us our unseen, unheard teacher that's always there with us, waiting for us to ask um, uh, this, this question, um, what, what am I? Um, let's see here. I'm back on uh, paragraph six again. To achieve the goal of the curriculum, then you cannot listen to the ego whose purpose is to defeat its own goal. The ego does not know this because it does not know anything. <laughs> but you can know it. Uh, you know, the Abe's, Abe's class the other day where he was talking at the beginning about why do we have to spend so much time or, uh, you know, looking at the ego and it's it's the first order of business really is to look look at the ego to listen to what Jesus is telling us and he's telling us the ego doesn't know anything and it can't teach you anything and you cannot look out from your personhood and and look at the concept you've made of yourself externally and any more than any other perceptual image and let it tell you what you are. We don't know, but you can know it and you will know it if you're willing to look at what the ego would make of you. This is your responsibility because once you have really looked at it, you will accept the atonement for yourself. Once, once you have, you know, seen that it's, it's nothing, it's an image, it has no substance whatsoever. What other choice could you make? So, you know, we, we have to, at some point, be willing to hear what Jesus is telling us, that the concept we've made of ourselves is not real and does not exist. And from, from that point of looking, um, 
become the uh, silent observer that is simply looking at it, but not identifying with it. And that becomes the beginning of the process where we watch uh, the antics of the ego and we take it lightly, right? We don't take it seriously. Would you look at that? <laughs> you know? And um, and the more we're, we're able to, to do this, to observe the concept that we've made, um, the more we loose, loose ourselves from identification with an image and return to the mind and begin to experience ourselves as a decision-maker making mind that is the seer, the seer that chooses whether to believe this or not. So that I think that interim phase when we become the observer or the seer is also the place of, of true forgiveness, where we look, we watch, we wait, and we judge not. Um, let's see. What other choice would you make? I'm on uh, sentence seven now. Having made this choice, you will, you will understand why you once believed that when you met somebody else, you thought he was somebody else. <laughs> oh my, <laughs> isn't that a great line? <laughs> oh, I thought you were somebody else. <laughs> and every holy encounter in which you enter fully will teach you that this is not so. So holiness, looking upon holiness, every encounter uh, can be an opportunity to, to learn. Um, let me see if there was anything else. Uh, there are, let me see. Um, Gene is waving. Yes, Jean. Good morning. Thank you, Lynn. Good morning. I had such a visceral response to that second last sentence, sentence seven. Having made this choice, you will understand why you once believed that when you met someone else, you thought he was someone else. I mean, it's a, such a reflection of learning with God's companion and letting go of the one that is not. It really is. I mean, it's like, it's like, it's like, well, I mean, it's almost over. I mean, I almost started to cry. It, you know, it, it was strange. Thank you. Yes, yes, great. Thank, thank you, Jean. Anyone else on that, that point of, you know, when you met somebody else, you actually thought he was somebody else. <laughs> Learning that where minds and, and mind, minds are joined. And, you know, this is the, this is the big step. I think that we're, uh, everything we've been reading lately, um, let, me, let me go to another place. Uh, I think it was yesterday's lesson, 
139, I will accept atonement for myself. Um, 139, it's on page 267. I was imagining going up to somebody in the grocery store and saying out loud to them, oh, I thought you were somebody else. <laughs> See what kind of reaction I get to that. <laughs> yep. 267. Uh, we'll do a, a few sections from this. Um, we are, by the way, in case you're wondering, we are here today to uh, look at healing the unhealed mind. Uh, but I thought some of this uh, background would be um, sort of set the stage for what we're learning uh, in relationship uh, to our brother in terms of healing. And, um, and we learn in this little book that the only thing we're healing is our own mind. We're not healing someone else. And our brother is going to show us whether we are actually connecting in love and at the mind level and not as bodies because bodies, bodies don't communicate. Um, it's the mind that communicates. But let, let's drop off here for a moment with Lesson 139. And um, I will accept atonement for myself. I will accept that nothing happened, that the separation never happened. I will accept that I'm not a body, that I am as God created me. Even while I am here seemingly and learning to use the body, but only as the mind directs. So I'm not using the body for the ego's purpose. I'm using the body for the Holy Spirit's purpose. So again, here we are. Lesson 139, I will accept atonement for myself. Another way of saying that is, oh, I didn't make another self. I didn't, nothing happened. I didn't make a separate self concept that exists. As a, as a reality. Here's the end of choice. For here we come to a decision to accept ourselves as God created us. And what is choice except uncertainty of what we are? I don't know. And I keep trying to figure it out. And I keep trying to figure it out based upon the advice of the ego to teach me what I am. And obviously that it nothing is so frustrating, Jesus tells us, as a learning curriculum that you can't learn. We will never be able to learn that the body is what we are. And yet that is what we try to do. We try to take that self-concept that we think is real and make it reality. And he's telling us nothing is as depressing as trying to learn something that can't be learned. The only thing that can be really learned is that the truth is true and nothing else is true. And for that, we need a different teacher. The Holy Spirit is the one who teaches us how to um, recognize the difference between the true and the false, so that we learn that we only want what's true, that we only want to seek 
reality and not unreality. So, and what is choice except uncertainty of what you are? So you see that, I mean, really the entire Course in Miracles is about knowing oneself. When we know oneself, we are healers. Automatically, healing occurs through us. Love extends through us. So the only way we can be a healed healer is to know what we are. And as long as we believe with this concept we've made of ourselves, obviously we're more concerned about preserving that and keeping that and, um, uh, than we are about knowing what we truly are. There is no doubt that is not rooted here in the question, uncer the uncertainty, what am I? Um, there is no question but reflects this one. There is no conflict that does not entail the single simple question, what am I? And as we learned on, on Sunday with Abe, we're in, we're in conflict all the time because we have these two, we're split. We're, we're, we think we're two. We think we're this concept of ourselves that we've made. And then, and then uh, we're hopelessly preoccupied with that. So we can never get back to the mind and really ask its sincere question, what am I? And let ourselves be taught by the Holy Spirit. So, you know, the pre hopeless preoccupation with the self-concept is the ego's very clever device for keeping us mindless, never making this choice. Uh, what am I? What am I? What am I? Yet who could ask this question except one who has refused to recognize himself. Only refusal to accept yourself could make the question seem to be sincere. The only thing that can be surely known by any living thing is what it is. We can only be what we are. And we are already that. So it really is a stepping back from our um, uh, trafficking in our projection, which is the self-concept. The only way we can really get back is to step back from that and um, into our own mind where we find that being is already at peace. The, the beingness of the self that we are when we look within, turn within, and be still and listen is already self-fulfilled, resting in a, in a state of, of peace. This is the peace that comes of Letting, letting go of the world, which is the atonement, letting go of the self-concept that we've made and stepping back and being still. And that's where knowledge is. Be still and know. Be still and know. Which is also the location, the, the residence, if you will, where true forgiveness flows through our mind. 
we know none, none of it is real. And that, that, that presence that we truly are is already at peace. That is the, the thing, the, the identity of the Christ self, the identity of um, ourselves as God created. From this one point of certainty, I am what I am. In lesson 189, he spoke to us. He said, the way to know God is to let him be. The way to let yourself know what you are is to let yourself be. Don't do anything. Don't make an image of yourself. Be still and, and learn from a different teacher and, and get comfortable here. You know, maybe we can only stand it for a minute <laughs> before we go back out again, <laughs> you know, and start trafficking in our projection. Maybe we can not stay there very long at all because we're afraid that what is we made we're going to forget about it. And we are going to forget about it. The concept we've made of ourselves, we will eventually simply forget about it. And initially, this the ego is going to kick up its heels, right? Going to say, look at me, look at me. <laughs> you can't leave me. I'm here. <laughs> I want to tell you all the terrible things that are happening in the world. I want to convince you that you are what you're not. And as he says, this is the most depressing thing in the world is to try to teach yourself that you are what you're not. Instead of this very simple choice that we can make to come back to uh, the mind. Uh, let's see. So, and then we look out and we're certain. That statement where he said, where you, you thought the person you were with was somebody else. But now from this place of your own certainty, you look out at the certainty of your brother. We can't be at, at the mind level learning at the mind we're the same one, but not as um, bodies. Uh, paragraph three, uncertainty, uncertainty about what you must be is self-deception on a scale so vast, its magnitude can hardly be conceived. To be alive and not know yourself is to believe that you are really dead. For what is life except to be yourself? You can only be yourself. And what but you can be alive instead? Who is the doubter? What is it he doubts? Whom does he question? Who can answer him? He merely states he's not himself and therefore being, here's the something else word again, something else, he becomes the questioner of what that something is. Yet he could never be alive at all unless he knew the answer. If he asks, 
as if he does not know. It merely shows he does not want to be the thing he is. A mind still as God created, free, free. I'm not a body, I'm free. I'm still as God created me. I don't have to make anything up or do anything or um, prove anything. It's a, it's a done deal. The atonement is a done deal. Okay, let's stop there for a moment and see any, any questions or thoughts about that. It's pretty, it's the good news, but it's very sobering to the ego. Very sobering. I was thinking about the irony of, uh, how's my sound, by the way, testing one, two, three. You're good. There's a, there's a new update out, by the way, 5.10.7 on Zoom, if you haven't checked it out yet. Um, um, so every time, uh, I was thinking about it, every time I try to defend a judgment I'm having with someone else, it's really, you know, it's making them someone else. And I'm trying, then the irony is I'm trying to defend my judgment to them as if they were somebody else. I mean, it just keeps going like, like the insanity keeps going. Like I'm trying to defend this thing that I'm not to somebody else that I think is different than me. And it just becomes a catch 22 vicious cycle where I just keep going around in circles. Yep. Yep. And until we look at that idea we won't you know with one of our defenses with the course is just not to listen when jesus talks about these things that we have to stop believing in <laughs> such as the self-concept that we've made of ourselves you know we just don't hear that it, it doesn't land it doesn't really go in except now it is I'm I'm really clear about the shift that that's happened very very recently. Um, some of you were at the retreat. Not everybody. You didn't need to be there because it's happening, whether we want it to happen or not. That this idea of the concept we've made of ourselves is is going to go. It's going to fade away gradually. And oh, I wish I could find it. There was this wonderful section where Jesus talks about it. We're not going to do this. We're not going to frighten you. We're not going to rip it away. We're, not, we're just going to ever so gently, the Holy Spirit is going to translate what you made and what you believed, and is going to translate that for you into what you truly are. So um, maybe we'll come across it today, uh, but um, there's nothing to fear here because what is being undone doesn't exist. It's, it, it's totally a hallucination. So as we gradually step back into that being, that present, 
that simply is the seer of everything that comes and goes. Anything that comes and goes can't be real. It comes and it goes. But you, the one being and watching and observing, aha, that never changes. That is always available. That presence is always there waiting for us to step back into it rather than engage in the projection and the, the, the self-concept, which is a projection, and to stand and, and let the Holy Spirit teach us the joyous lessons of you will go deeper and deeper and deeper into that self and everything that we've ever wanted is there. But we've been so busy looking out that, um, you know, we're, we're mindless. But this is almost like backing into ourselves in a sense. <laughs> you know, where we back up and we and we, we're learning to let it let it let go of our belief in it. Yeah, a belief in it. Uh, I think one of the great sections we're all familiar with is in uh, self-concept versus self, where um, you know the, the concept that we've made. Um, I'm on page 659. It's um, self-concept versus self. Page 659. Paragraph 14. The concept of the self has been the great preoccupation of the world, and everybody, everyone believes that he must find the answer to the riddle himself. I'll figure this out. I'll eventually figure out what I am. No, no, you can only know what you are. You can only be what you are. And you are already that. We just have to stop trying to make it up. Salvation can be seen as nothing more than escape from concepts. It does not concern itself with the content of the mind, but with the simple statement that it thinks Oh, our lessons that we just finished, the whole series. My mind holds what? Only what I think with God. Not the concepts I've made. My mind holds only what I think with God. And what can think has a choice and can be shown that different thoughts have different consequences. So it can learn that everything it thinks reflects the deep, confusion that it feels about how it was made and what it is. You know, uh, we were talking about confusion and conflicted, conflicted, we're conflicted and confused. As egos, we all know what that feels like. Pretending, 
that this concept of ourselves is what we are. Well, And vaguely does the concept of the self appear to answer what it does not know. Vaguely it answers, oh yeah, this is, this is what I am, here I am. Uh, paragraph 16, you will make many concepts of the self as learning goes along. Each one will show you changes in your own relationship as your perception of yourself is changed. But what we are is not a perception. Perception is interpretation. It's not knowledge. We can't know ourselves and hold on to a perception. <laughs> there will be some confusion every time there's a shift, but be you thankful that the learning of the world is loosening its grasp upon your mind and be you sure and happy in the confidence that it will go at last. And guess what? You won't be conflicted anymore. Your mind will be at peace. Ah, peace is what I am. Stillness. I need to do nothing. State of grace. Resting within the mind of our creator. Oh, I can hear the ego now. Boring. Well, listen, listen to somebody like John Butler. There, there's a mind that is clearly resting in God, filled with joy, certainty, peace, love, and see if you think that's boring. We have very few examples to know that there's no loss in this whatsoever, except the fantasies that the ego has been spinning for lifetimes and lifetimes. But this is the lifetime. This is a lifetime that this is over and we accept atonement for ourselves. This is what you know, Jesus is teaching us, accept atonement, join me in the resurrection. Free, free your mind from illusions. That's all that means. Be free of illusions. The, the never born can never die. The concept that we've made of ourselves was is never born. It's the total hallucination. It disappears. The world is not left by death. The world is left by truth. And the truth can be known by anybody who wants it. You are a mind at peace within the peace of God. Be still and know. Rest. Relax. It's over. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> and that can be accepted whenever we're willing to accept it. But now we're getting a taste of it. I'm getting a taste of it. I know we all are getting it. Hey, you're getting a taste of it? <laughs>
<laughs> the one that's scared is not you. It's a projection coming from your mind onto a body that's going to feed back to you. You better be scared. <laughs> it's, you know? That's insanity. <laughs> uh, so then he goes on and says, you know, at last, you're going to recognize yourself and your mind is going to be at peace. And then we go over, flip to the next page. Um, number, paragraph 17, page 660. The world can teach no images of yourself unless you want to learn them. <laughs> there will come a time when images have all gone by and you will see, I know not what I am, but I want to learn. I want to be a happy learner here. And I asked for my teacher, the Holy Spirit, to teach me, to show me. And it is to this unsealed, open mind that the truth returns, unhindered, unbound where concepts of the self have been laid by is truth revealed exactly as it is. It's direct seeing, direct seeing. No interpretation, no perception needed. It is, as the saying goes, it is what it is. Everything is what it is. Truth is true. Nothing else is true. Nothing else beside it exists. Seeing with the mind and not with the body, which is only trained to report back that our separated self-concept exists and we're real. I exist and I, I'm real as a, as a person. But I have a body now and I have a use for my body. And when every concept has been raised to doubt and question, brought to the Holy Spirit, brought to Jesus, and been recognized as made on no assumption that would stand the light then is the truth free to enter into its sanctuary, into the mind, clean and free of guilt. The self that I made, sorry, I made a mistake. I'm not guilty. I'm not guilty. That self that I made, I get it. I can I can let it go, not defend it, not protect it. There's no statement that the world is more afraid to hear than this. I don't know the thing I am. Therefore, I do not know what I'm doing, where I am, how to look upon the world or on myself. But yes, in this learning, this is the part that 
we were saying, you know, is we have to see this. We have to see this in order that our belief in it can be undone. And until we see that, we're just hanging on to nothing. Yet in this learning is salvation born. And what, capital W, what, what you are will tell you of itself. It's revealed, it's revelation. It can only be known, we can't make it. It can only be known. Yes, Aris. Hi, Aris. Hi. You know, this is wonderful. Uh, it really hasn't impacted me until this, until you're, till today. I feel like I've always been obsessed with wanting to know who I am and felt guilty about it. You know, always felt like, oh, that's being so selfish to always be dwelling on that and who I am and seeking. And especially as I've been, as a, you know, trained and in our culture and everything that we really shouldn't be thinking of our own selves. But this is just a whole, um, this, this is just what we're supposed to be doing. And that is so freeing for me because like I say, I've always felt like, oh my gosh, here's Oris being obsessed with Oris. And it's really that question I'm wanting to know. Yeah. And, and it's, it's really permission for me to really be, um, to do, to have that be my only obsession. Because when I finally do, when I do get those glimpses, it is just so, um, it's the, it, those are the, the little instants, those holy instants, when I feel that oneness or whatever the word, mm -hmm. no words. Yeah. Thank praise you. God. Praise God, Arise. <laughs> I know. That's how we praise God. The only yeah. way we can praise God is to be what we are. And 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 I again I, I keep saying that, but as my my own life of 19 years of having been a nun many years ago, and and just you know, in my head was always this not to be not to be dwelling on myself. Dwell on God. Well, <laughs> what's the difference, you know? <laughs> so uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's any anyone else, let's hear whatever whatever this is bringing up for you, you know, whatever is bringing up for you is fair game here. <laughs> let's see, hands. Last, last night in Stephen's class, we were talking, uh, Bruce, Bruce brought up this uh, Ubuntu, Ubuntu, I think it's U-B-U-N-T-U, -U -U, but it's a, it's a tribal f philosophy in, 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 among some certain African tribes of we're in this together, we're doing this together. As a tribe, we have the shared interest of surviving and, and eating and finding water, et cetera, et cetera, together. Um, tribes in this country isn't such a good thing these days. I mean, it's the purpose of a tribe in this country lately has been, uh, I, I want to kill the other tribe, <laughs> you know, like, like it politically one tribe wants to kill the other tribe <laughs> in more ways than one. Um, but in this, in this African, um, approach, philosophical approach, it's, it's, uh, everybody in the, in the tribe is, is, uh, working together to share whatever it is they're, they're going after. It's, it's shared interest and form, but you know, it really works. Yeah. Um, 
so I mean, the the course is really about Ubuntu, right? I mean, about like what's my shared interest with my brother? Am I trying? I, the reason I don't know the thing I am is because I'm always trying to find this not self compared to something, somebody else's separate self. I think there's somebody else. I mean, so, it, and it's not tribal in a good way at all. It, it's tribal in a bad way. Right. And the tribe right. is me, my, my separate self. <laughs> but I mean, when we start relating to, uh, everybody else you know especially the ones we think are the are, are the bad tribe and and what do i have in common with them and certainly in the course we have, what we share with anybody is we share the same ego terror of letting go of our not self but we also share the share the same way out call it holy spirit call it whatever process you want but letting go of that not self um so so it's not so much, you know, we're all running around trying to find ourselves, but one approach is to the, you know, the defensive approach is how am I different than everybody else? That's the way we define ourselves. My judgments are better than your judgments. <laughs> I, and I keep trying to defend my judgments. But, you know, the, tri the Ubuntu way is to, what, what, what am I sharing with you in this moment? Now, I don't have to like see that you and I are, are the same yet, but I can certainly see we, we share the same interest, the same way out of this crazy dilemma we think we're in. Yeah. That's, that's what, that's what um, this book is about. The only mind that needs to be healed is mine. And in healing our, our using our relationship with our brother, we, can come to know ourselves, you know, what a, what a practical way to be in relationships which have heretofore been nothing but trouble to us. <laughs> and now we have a way to be in relationship with our brothers to use them for the holy purpose of waking up to the fact that we're minds, not bodies. All our conflict is at the level of the bodies, right? You're over there, I'm over here, we're separate, we're different. And this is teaching us that the way I see my brother is through the Holy Spirit using my body to extend love through it. And that's, that's not my concern. My concern is to be with the Holy Spirit. Consistently be with the Holy Spirit. And I find out my concern a lot of the time is not that it's about my brother and I'm preoccupied with what my brother's doing and how he is and what he's learning, what he's not learning on and on and on. It's just showing me how much I want to keep my attention on someone else. And, you know, that's got to be seen. Uh, by this one, you know, and by each of each of us, how we're using distraction to keep from the Holy Spirit as our only teacher and guide. Whatever you're thinking, what's that got to do with me? It's got nothing to do with me. But we keep making it 
trying to figure out what our brother's doing or what he's not doing and why he's doing it. And it's so insane as a defense against my own wanting union, wanting to join, but I can't do it as a body. I can't do it as a body. I can only do it as a mind. And that's why it's, I think we're so, you know, we're not really clear how to do this. And no, we can't be clear that how to do this because we can't do it. I can't do it without the Holy Spirit, without a teacher, without a guide, and without my brother. So here we, you know, come back into what's this is really about. I love David. Uh, David Delaplane had something. Uh, yeah, it was David. Sorry, I went off. Oh, there. I was David, Audrey, and yeah. I believe Audrey had something too. So David, go I ahead and then Audrey. I just reminding you that Audrey had something. Yeah. Okay. All right, Audrey, you got it. You got the floor. Well, it better be good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, when you asked, uh, you know, what what are we getting from this and what I am experiencing through this time is, is your joy, you, you know, in a way I experiencing the, the potential of this work to, to create that level of kind of lightness, you, you know, I mean, it is funny what we do. I, I, I think in a way it's, you know, is just the ego, you know, really, when, when you get to this point of almost knowing that I have a mind, it, my ego's got to work really hard, really hard to say, no, no, you don't, you don't, you don't, because if you, if you do, I don't exist. Um, and, and so I am in such a state of, you know, not getting a lot of it, although some of it seems so clear. The most humbling thing the other day after Abe's class, which I found so powerful for me I ran downstairs to tell my husband about it and and he's actually been reading Ken's books he's very interested in this too but I said I think I understand it now so we sit down and I realized <laughs> I don't have any idea what I'm talking about um, and it's it's just humbling because and it's enough for me today that it feels true here I no longer and I'm told again and again by Ken and in, in the book I don't have to understand don't even try to understand you know just but every part of me that is real is nodding, you know, and that is a gift. That's dayenu, as they would say in Hebrew, which means it's enough. Yeah, it is enough. Yeah, it is, it's enough for starters anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Stephen. Um, yeah, good morning, everyone. Uh, I, st I still think I'm an I. I covet and I cherish that. Um, I, I'm listening to us to us all talk, and and every time I write, I seem to write that I'm still an I. Uh, Wapnik says, as long as I'm thinking that I might be an I, um, I'm in the wrong mind and I'm on the wrong track. Um, but what I thought about mostly today is, I have some special special loved ones in my life. Um, I'm not willing to see them as something else. I, that's what keeps me stuck in a lot of ways. I wanna to continue to have those loved ones and feel those feelings, 
um, because I covet that and I cherish that. Um, the, 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 the hope in that is I see it and I keep looking at it and I realize what it is, but it hasn't, it, it, it hasn't affected my love, quote unquote, for those loved ones or that specialness and not just barely, even though I'm fully aware, I'm absolutely certain I'm in the wrong mind when I'm doing that. Um, but the way we made this um, has uh, put me in a place um, where I want that and I cherish it and I covet it. And I, as long as I'm doing that, I don't have a chance. But as long as I'm looking at it, you know, forgiveness looks and waits and judges not. I can eventually get to a point where I'll forgive myself because I know what's going on and I'm looking at it with Jesus and Holy Spirit as much as possible. Thank you all for listening. Yeah, Stephen, I, I hear a lot of hooks in what you're saying. And, um, you know, thinking we know anything other than um, I don't know. <laughs> Um, and, you know, I'm, as you were speaking about, you know, your loved ones, I keep hearing Jesus saying, all my brothers are special. All my brothers are special. And I, I don't know what that means. I, I mean, I just, I, I think the idea that we have to sacrifice relationships is is part of what you're hinting at and i don't think that's true at all there's nothing that says we just have to love our relationships no matter no matter what <laughs> you know to to love them um even in the illusion that they may believe in that i no longer believe in uh, I, I'm loving them at the mind level. I'm loving them as the son of God that we all are. And I think Jesus saying, you know, all my brothers are special Some, somewhere. I don't know. You you can kick back there on that if if what I'm saying sounds really false to, to you. But I don't believe that sacrifice is, you know, you can look at what you're seeing with your interpretation you may be making and bring those interpretations because that's that's all interpretation. That's all perception. And you can bring that to the Holy Spirit, bring that to Jesus and say, I don't I don't even know how to love my brother as you would, but you'll teach me or, or whatever. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, I'll give Stephen a chance to speak back first, and then we'll go to to uh, Abe. Uh, that, that's fifteen or twenty minutes, so let's go to Abe, please. And I think David uh, wanted something. Thank okay. Uh, all right, uh, Abe. Yeah, I, I can relate with what Stephen is saying. Uh, you know, we we do not want to lose our loved ones, uh, that connection, and uh, mm. uh, you know, there's a counter side to. To this seeming dilemma that we have and that is that their loved one that seemed to have been gone and yet if i believe that we are all 
one, I haven't lost those lost loved ones. Like for example, with my mom, I feel uh, highly connected to her since I started uh, studying the course because I've come to realize that she never left. So the the counter to the seeming problem that, you know, we don't want to lose our loved ones is that we actually are gaining what we thought we had lost and never, never you know, the people that we thought we lost and never left. They, they were never here in the first place. Right, yeah. So thanks. Thanks, Abe. Uh, was it uh, Dave Dempsey? And then Lynn, and then, yeah. Dave. Yeah, I just don't know why this has been so prevalent here the last, well, since the retreat even, is this form versus content. As a body, not knowing who I am, and Maya, thank you so much, because in Abe's class, and you took apart chapter three of how confused we are and the ego is, that we don't know who we are. And that's our problem. And that forgiveness in Jesus part is, I've made myself separate from him. I've made him different from me. And he's telling me, you're no different than I am. You have the same ability to see past the form to the content as I do. That abstract thinking is natural, but because you're confused of who you are, you see everything in form. And I have really been paying attention of taking that form and turning it into the content. And that I can't do without the help of Holy Spirit or Jesus. But I know at the end, if I keep going back to their learning, that I have that ability somewhere hidden in me that I've covered up. And at the end of this journey, I'll realize that I am no different. I am the spirit, mm -hmm. I am the content, and those relationships only are gonna get greater because it's all love. And everything I do is in form and I just have to keep reminding myself, it's just the mistake of who I think I am. Right. Go back and ask to see the content and it's always loving, it's always loving. And those relationships, those special relationships that we have, we don't realize it now, but we're using those relationships to divide us, to push us away, to look for your imperfections. I'm not looking at my special love relationship for love. I'm looking at it for the differences, the way I see it now. I'm just pretending I'm looking for love. And I don't even know I'm doing that. And we're all just doing it together because we just don't know our truth. And I the development of trust is trusting the truth is true and nothing else is real. And it's just, I just have, and I've been reading that book, um, Parents and Children, and Ken just hammers home about the content and not the form. We get so stuck in the form that now it's all about being selfish and it's about everything but the loving thought of who we truly are yeah. and who that person is. And so all this is just like caving in on me like crazy. <laughs> yes. And I can sit in quiet 
and I'm starting to trust Jesus and what he's telling me that I can let go of my littleness if I want to. And I can walk in that magnitude. The laws of the world say, no, you can't. How dare you think you could ever think like that? But he keeps telling me that is your natural place. That is your state. And believe me, I can sit here in meditation. I can sit here and read it in the course and I feel it so deep and so true. And then I go out and judge my brother. You know, I mean, it's just, I'm so used to that being confused about who I am. And I just have to look at that, not judge myself for it and just say, whoops, I fell right back into the form again and I failed to see the content. And right then everything changes because I'm back in content again. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's just something going on that it's just flooding me. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what to do with it sometimes. It's like a little scary. (laughs) Keep doing what you're doing, Dave. (laughs) I just keep asking for help. Yes. And when I truly honestly want the help, it comes. Right. When I don't want to be right, you know. Yeah. The help when is I'm there. willing to be so humble mm-hmm. to say, I don't know, mm-hmm. then he always comes and shows me. Yep. 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 Thank you, Lynn. Yeah. Thank, thank, thank you. Yeah. Um, I think I saw uh, Lynn's hand and I think I saw Karen. Did you have your hand up? No. Okay. Lynn and um, was there another? All right. Lynn. <laughs> Yeah, I was just um, thinking as people have been talking, I, I, I had this picture of um, the, the sonship, uh, kind of like the circle, the wholeness, and then the, the tiny thought of separation kind of um, became like this explosion where, where suddenly the sonship fragmented into these billions of pieces, you know, so they're like all these arrows coming out that seem to be separate aspects of the one sonship. And so all the arrows are, are just, it's like that big bang thing, the universe just exploding outward. And then at the end of each of the arrow is all the, the forms, the, the separate things that I think I now see, but the nothing is left. In reality, nothing has left the sonship. And so all of those arrows that we're pointing out are now being redirected back within. So it's all of the, the self-hatred, the, the doubt, the, the, the need to be special, all of that stuff that went out and made the world that I think I see. I, as, I, as all of those things, as I'm willing to look at my brother and say, you are not separate from me. You're, you're a part of me. You are what I am. You're that aspect of myself. Then it's like all of, instead of the energy, you know, my attention being directed outward, it's all being drawn back in. And I just, I feel so, I mean, it's, it's like, that is kind of what Jesus is doing. He's helping us realize that we, we didn't ever leave. We are still whole. And we've just had this, this sense of, of doing this, but none of it's real. And the more we come to see that it's not real, the more we come back and we settle into that, that place within that is the wholeness, that, that spirit that's nothing else. And 
there's just, I, I mean, I don't know, somehow drawing that and seeing that, that I never left myself. The sunship okay. never left itself. Right. It's just so, I, I don't know. I just, yeah, I'm not a very visual person, but it was like, all I could think of was yes. the big bang and then all, all coming back to center. And so right. thank you all for today. It's just been marvelous. A, a oneness joined as one can only be experienced. It can't be figured out, but it can be experienced. And, uh, you know, I think that's what you're you're uh, sharing with us is this uh, idea is beginning to gel that, oh, oneness joined as one, you know, eternally. <laughs> nobody, you know, nobody, nobody dies. Nobody, nothing ends. It's eternal. It's eternally that. <laughs> So thank, thank you for sharing that one. That's great. Who else would like to share? I was watching I was watching my gut reaction every time Stephen used the word covet. I just felt like this stab in my gut, like, stop saying that word, Stephen. God. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, if I'm reacting like that, there's something like 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 there's good perception and then there's bad perception. There is, you know, forgiveness to destroy, but there is real forgiveness. But covet's just a bad word. You, you just feel it, you know? It's like there's something out there and I want it. And it, it just automatically makes that something I want separate. I mean, that's what coveting does. It's something out there, I want it, and I got to get it so I feel better. But it's just instant separation then. It, it's insisting I don't have it already. It's insisting it's separate from me. It's insisting I can take it and keep it. Fourth law of chaos. I mean, it's just this whole mishmash of covet's bad. <laughs> it's just bad. <laughs> and it feels bad. <laughs> yeah. We can only covet what's separate from us, you know. And there's nothing. It's all in the mind. The restoration of heaven is what he says. The realization that everything is only in your mind is the restoration of heaven in your in your awareness. There, yeah. And then I was thinking about all the things I uh, I covet my my course book, not yours, mine. <laughs> this is my book. <laughs> this is my relationship. This is my cat. This is my car. <laughs> It's like all the things I think I own, I covet. <laughs> and God forbid they're taken away. <laughs> just They're just waiting, you know, they're just special love waiting to go bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think Jean had her hand. And Stephen, did you want to say something? No, okay. Jean? First off, I want to, I want to thank you, Stephen. Um, the gift you gave me in that is so powerful. I was born on August 6th, which obviously in history is uh, the history, the date is the bombing of Hiroshima is August 6th. And in the Catholic church, the transfiguration of Christ is August 6th. And I thought about the surprise of the transfiguration of these special relationships into heaven, you know, that we have, like I've been surrounded by family up until an hour or so ago. And, and, and when I'm sitting in the transfiguration, oh my gosh, but if I'm at the history site of that bombing, oh, wow. So it's, it's so amazing how these, these relationships, if I realized that, you know, what, what was that lesson? 
here's the end of choice. If I just stay there, that gift is so powerful. So thank you. Thank you so. Thanks, Jane. Anyone else? Um, all right. Uh, I think rather than launch into this, this section, I wanted to lay the groundwork for um, the difference between true empathy and um, uh, false empathy. And uh, I think we did that, you know, what one, one false empathy um, makes specialness real. It makes the body of the other real. And, and having done that then, um, there's the idea that I'm going to do something to to help help something that I've already separated from versus true empathy comes from um, the understanding that on the level of content, here we go, um, we are the, the same one and um, it, there is no no one that is external from ourselves. And this is where we allow the true healing to um, allow the Holy Spirit, in other words, to use the body and direct the body. And we, our brother becomes a witness to us of having learned from the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, we don't really get involved in the specifics Again, our only function is to uh, allow the Holy Spirit to become the one that uses um, uses the body. And um, for that, I, I want to uh, close with a, a paragraph. Um, it's from chapter 15. Uh, I did use it at the retreat. Uh, it's chapter 15, and it's page 328 and Jesus is speaking of himself here as the prince of peace um the prince of what you are and what I am and we are at peace within in the mind of God and uh paragraph 7 page 328 i think a very important paragraph and one we might overlook if we um, hear it at the level of form and not at the level of, of the content. And it says, in the holy instant, in other words, an instant where there's no past and there's no future, there's only this now, which is the portal to the Holy Spirit. And um, in this holy instant, the condition of love is met. And here's the condition. Minds are joined without the body's interference. And where there is communication, there is peace. So 
in in relationship when we become concerned about ourself our specialness at the expense of another in other words we separate we're concerned only for me and not for us like end of chapter this this particular chapter if you go over to the next page 329 it's that wonderful prayer where we make this year different by making it all the same and what he has us do is place every relationship in the hands of the holy spirit another place he says you don't want anything you think you want to come of a relationship place it in the hands of the holy spirit and let him teach you so in the holy instant the condition of love is met for minds are joined without the body's interference it belongs to the holy spirit i don't know what to do what to fix what to change we're both god's children um where there is communication there's peace the prince of peace referring to himself jesus was born to reestablish the condition of love by teaching that communication remains unbroken even if the body is destroyed provided that you see not the body as a necessary means of communication it's content that is communication not form many of us have experienced i myself at one of them where we a loved one leaves his body and we realize we're still in communication with them that the body is not the necessary means of communication the question would be is is there love in my mind am i with my teacher and if you understand this lesson you will realize that to sacrifice the body is to sacrifice nothing the concept we made of ourselves as a body the device of separation and communication which must be of the mind cannot be sacrificed unless we break communication by identifying with our body that's how we break communication and our brother see our seeing our brother as a body but otherwise if i'm at peace the world is at peace if i'm not at peace the world is not at peace i like i like that idea that we all came here to be princes and princesses of peace that that's our job is to establish uh, the condition of love by teaching that um, communication has never been broken. That we're, that's our real job here. That's all, all our real job is. Mm -hmm. We are the Prince of Peace. Yep, exactly. Hmm. Sentence six, where then is sacrifice? And this is a big question that comes up over and over. I don't want to give up my loved ones. I don't want to give up my body. I don't want to get no. No, that let that will play out as it plays out. Let it be. 
you know, it's like, of course, there are going to be bodies and of course we're going to be, but we're going to be, the content is what matters, not the form. The lesson I was born to teach and still would teach to all my brothers is that sacrifice is nowhere and love is everywhere. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. For communication embraces everything. And in the peace, it reestablishes the peace of mind. It reestablishes love comes of itself. So it's always been peace is the condition for love. Peace is the condition to remember that God is, love is, and that's all it is. I just remembered Cider House Rolls when Michael Caine every night with all the uh, kids would say, oh, you princes and princesses of, of peace in this case, but I don't remember what it was. But that's what he would call it every night when he put them all the all the foster kids to bed. He would call them princes and princesses prince of peace. peace. Oh, it, was, it. it was wonderful. <laughs> you you princes of peace, look at that! We have a new a new category here. <laughs> the princes of peace. All right, I want to put out a little plug before we end class that the. The next book, are you ready for this? Will be Parents and Children. Parents and Children. So the undoing of any residual uh, unforgiveness that we might have with our, with our parents is, is an essential part of the process. Right up there with we have to forgive Jesus. We have to live, forgive our parents for what they did do or perhaps what they did not do, but whatever uh, bit of grievance we might be carrying with them. So that will probably be a few classes from now or maybe after our break, I'm not sure, but coming up. And um, then another uh, comment that I wanted to share um, uh, because Tim brought it up today and that is the idea that the um, shared by Thich Nhat Hanh, uh, that the uh, new gurus of the future would not be an individual, would not be individual gurus, but it would be communities. It would be um, relationships and communities that were learning, learning together. Uh, I'll read the exact statement. One of, uh, he was referred to as Tay, most memorable sayings was his prediction that the next Buddha might not be an individual, but a community. And I agree with him. We're not looking for individual messiahs anymore. We need concrete gatherings of people who can sustain loving, nonviolent, relationships over time. And that's ex exactly what we're doing here and exactly what we're feeling. And um, we clearly are under direction <laughs> from our teacher and he's guiding the whole journey that we're taking together. And it's, it's astounding to be a part of it and to feel it working 
working through us as as things arise for us individually and we share it and we use it for learning. And uh, it's happened here today a couple of times, people sharing and then somebody else going, oh, I heard that, I got that. And those little ignitions are having um, uh, a great deal of impact for everyone because our minds are joined and we are learning together. And that, that comment was by Richard Rohr, who definitely is is and is establishing that kind of community for himself and his spiritual process in Albuquerque. <laughs> yeah. Would you please send a link or a quote to us, Tim? Uh, yeah, I'll try to figure that out. <laughs> All right. Um, We'll close with, if uh, you will go to page 268, 268 in the workbook. Um, it's the end of lesson 139, which was yesterday's lesson. I will accept atonement for myself. But it's, it's one of those places where Jesus um, um, brings up the mission. <laughs> the mission here. And um, let's see, um, uh, Lynn, Lynn Altman, would, would you read paragraph um, nine and 10? And then I'll close with the last two. Sure. This is uh, in the workbook on 268. Is that right? 268. Yeah. Okay. Uh, paragraph 9. 9 and 10. Great. Thank you. We have a mission here. We did not come to reinforce the madness that we once believed in. Let us not forget the goal that we accepted. It is more than just our happiness alone we came to gain. What we accept is what we are, proclaims what everyone must be along with us. Fail not your brothers or you fail yourself. Look lovingly on them that they may know that they are part of you and you of them. This does atonement teach and demonstrates the oneness of God's son is unassailed by his belief he knows not what he is. Today accept atonement, not to change reality, but merely to accept the truth about yourself and go your way rejoicing in the endless love of God. It is but this that we are asked to do. It is but this that we will do today. Any comment, Lynn? Uh, it's just like hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Today, yeah. Every lesson in this last couple of weeks has been today, now, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so we will take five minutes this morning and at night, and we will devote to dedicate our minds to our assignment for today. We start with this review of what our mission is. I will accept atonement for myself, for I remain as God created me. We have not lost the knowledge 
that God gave to us when he created us like him. We can remember it for everyone. For in creation are all minds one. And in our memory is the recall of how dear our brothers are to us in truth. How much a part of us is every mind. How faithful they have really been to us and how our Father's love contains them all. In thanks for all creation, in the name of its creator and his oneness with all aspects of creation, we repeat our dedication to our cause as we lay aside all thoughts that would distract us from our holy aim. For several minutes, we allow our minds to be cleared of all the foolish cobwebs which the world would weave around the Holy Son of God and learn the fragile nature of the chains that seem to keep the knowledge of ourselves apart from our awareness. As we say, I will accept atonement for myself, for I remain as God created me. And let's be still for a few minutes and I'll ring a bell to bring us out.
thank you, everyone. I I was felt to to repeat this a reminder. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit don't come into a body. We need to join them where they are, within, within the mind, at the altar, not in the body. So just a re reminder. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you, Lynn. Accept Thank atonement you. for yourself. <laughs> Amen. You. Wonderful class. Thank, Thank you. you. Beautiful class. Thank you, Lynn. Mm, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. So good. Mm -hmm.